Welcome back to Who the Fuck Are These Guys? How are you, Mako Shark? Matty C, mate. I'm doing quite well. Thank you very much. Here we go again. Episode 28. Come at me. I'm going to come at you with early uh, early days Mark Johnson before he went to number one. And there was a bit of David Flood at 28. Jesus, David Flood. I can't even think of a 28. Where am I? I, am, actually, uh, I reckon there was Mark Johnson's brother for the Cats War 28 too. Dave Johnson might have been a 28. Let's go yeah. with it. Here we go. go We've got a big two, one coming up Jono's. this week. How's your week been? Been all right, mate. Been all right. Uh, look, not much to report. Pretty quiet week. Just uh, as you knew earlier in the year, just keeping it low, keeping it low key with the kid. Oh, yeah. Only 17 days away, Maddie. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. boy. It's, uh, it's, forever. it's getting real. It's getting real here at the Mako Shark residence. So, uh, yeah, we're just chilling. We're chilling. Hey, give the, the listeners a bit of an insight. What's the vibe? What are you feeling, Mako Shark? Are you excited, nervous, all the above? What do you got? That's pretty calm, mate. I'm a pretty calm sort of individual here. Uh, as long as the missus is feeling all right, which she is at the moment, got the heartburn under control, so that's good news. I'm uh, I'm pretty uh, pretty good, pretty good. I'm not shitting myself yet. Maybe when it's the end of about three or four days, potentially get back to me. But at the moment, I'm calm. I'm uh, I'm excited for a big episode. I'll tell you that much. Big episode. Uh, before we get started. Um... Always like to thank our fantastic sponsors at uh, Palmerbet, Lee, uh, Lee Dalton and the crew down there. And we always say, because there's a bit of punt talk on this podcast, we like to give value and represent value. But when we do so, please just do it with the utmost responsibility with your funds, Mako Shark. When we say something, you know, maybe just take it for two cents of a dollar because what we say doesn't always pan out. And if you're using your hard earned, you've got to do it responsibly, Mako Shark. But we thank mm-hmm. the team at Palmerbet. Little like, yes. little unpaid promo I'd like to just give out too. A shout out to uh, Ryan Jackson and uh, and his altitude gym because you know Matty C plays his footy. He's thirty seven, and he gets me up every week. And I just reckon this bloke's fought hard through uh, COVID, and he's still there. He's even changing some of his class times to suit me with my new job. So wow. you know what? He's a he's a man that's put in a lot of hard work. Uh, Ex league footballer, so he knows his stuff down there. So if anyone wants to be uh, fit. Or getting fitter as they get older, you should go down and see him and the team at uh, Summit Fitness in Eltham. Because I tell you, Mako Shark, I can still get through the game at my size, age, and featherless bonds. So it's uh, it's obviously doing something. He's performing miracles, mate, to get you through the game week after week. Hundred percent game time, this big fella. So absolutely, he must be doing some good stuff down there at the gym. Uh, he's I hope nice he's a man, podcast nice listener. Gym. I hey, hope he's listens. a listener. He listens. I've got him on. He's not. He's not. He a should road, be piping it through the. Does uh, he pipe it through the speakers in the gym potentially to really get the boys up and about? Don't worry. I've got a few of the young Templestowe footballers on board. They're they're big listeners. They're friends of the pod. Uh, the actual turtles, the young turtle boys, love our pod too. Just giving a shout to them. Oh, they 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 always say, "Who you got coming on? Who you got coming on?" And I say, "You just got to listen and got to have a secret." Mako Shark will tell you, well, young I'll tell turtle you boys. What? Who's about to come on? And you I can tell you what, mate. mate young turtle, Eltham Turtles. If you want to know who's on this week, we will stop chatting shit as we always do because we've got a big one this week, mate. We want to talk. We're getting good looking fellas on the pod, mate. We had Jackson Murray last week, the big six foot seven hunk. This week, we've got a real slick looking bastard, too. His name's Josh the Kamikaze Coon. He is absolutely everything you could ask for in a guest, a fighter, a businessman, a, a human being. He was fantastic, and uh, he's got a big fight coming up this Saturday, Eternal 65 on the Gold Coast. This man's a wrecking ball. If you haven't seen him, my God, after you've listened to the pod, jump on the YouTube, have a look at the highlights, because this bloke, fuck, what a wrecking ball, Matty. 
He, um, I've watched his his fights, and they uh, they excite me, scare me, worry me, and like just my whole yeah. range of emotions gets because mm-hmm. he stands there and bangs. And you know, when blokes talk, yeah, I'm going to stand there and do it. He actually does it, and it's uh, I don't know, it's like something like we've never seen before. Even at you know the lower level below the UFC, you don't see guys sort of go mm-hmm. out with that much confidence. And he's genuinely confident in everything he's done. And I. Uh, Look forward to chatting to him, and like you said, it's um, if we don't get a spike in female listeners off, and even some male <laughs> listeners, yes, off the back of the last couple of hunkasauruses we've had on. Well, geez, I don't know what else we can do because you know we're giving good content, good guests, good interviews, and then we're trying to sort of you know push out the, the looks department a bit more. Mate, he is dripping in aggressive confidence. This bloke, I'm all about it. So look. No further ado, let's get into it, mate. But if you're just mm. tuning in, we've got some, we've got a lot coming up later, mate. We'll go to the interview now, but we've got the big UFC preview coming up, big pay-per-view this week. We've got Canelo fights. We've got our mate Friend Jack Bowen pod. fighting. Friends of the pod everywhere. It's all happening this week, episode 28. But let's go. We've got the kamikaze waiting. Here we go, Josh Kuhn. I couldn't dump it. The drama really means nothing to me. I ride by and blow your brains out. Brains out. It's no time to cock it. No way you can stop it when niggas run up on you with them things out. Things out. I do what I gotta do. I don't care if I get caught. The DA could play this motherfucker take me caught. I'll kill you. I ain't playing. Hear what I'm saying? Homie, I ain't playing. Catch you slipping, I'ma kill you. I ain't playing. Hear what I'm saying? Homie, I ain't playing. Keep thinking I'm candy. To your fucking school, get popped in your brain. How about the All right, who the fuck is? We are back again this week with a big one this week, mate. We have got Josh the Kamikaze Coon with us this week. How are you, mate? Thanks for joining us. Fantastic, brother. It's fight week. I'm excited. How are you guys going? Thanks for having me on here, by the way. Absolutely. Not a problem going at all. over here. Thanks. Big fucking week. I'm glad you've come on this week, mate. There's a lot to talk about. We'll get yeah. to fight week in a second, but let's just start off with the uh, the big news you dropped last week, mate. You signing the contract there with Paradigm Sports, one of the biggest agencies in the world. That's exciting stuff, mate. Give us the go. Well, you said it, man. One of the biggest agencies in the world, man. They've just got the top tier athletes um, across a, a, a range of different sports. Obviously, got their hands um, in some really good uh, MMA fighters, if not some of the best. And um I think with what I do with my online presence and with my understanding of business and what those guys do and the team that they have behind them after um, having this initial meeting with them and a lot of the, the heads of department, um, I'm pretty excited for the future and what the future holds with this with uh, with Paradigm. It's um it's a massive move for me in my career, probably the biggest that I've taken, and um, I'm excited for for the stuff to come. It's absolutely exciting, mate. And I'd love to know, how does something like that come about? Do you, is there like a lot, a lot of work in the background or is it due to, like you said, your online presence and your business now that they sort of see someone like yourself and and identify you and come to you or is your, you know, you and your management, have they, you know, had to go and, you know, do do something like that in the background? I'd just love to know how these sort of big deals come about because obviously we're not Um, privy to that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about everyone else's situation, but in in terms of my situation, everything was pretty organic. Um, yep. You know, I was, I've always, I'm always out looking for something better. I'm always out looking at ways to improve um, everything that I do, from you know, from business to martial arts to social media to whatever the fuck it is. And um, yeah, I mean, one thing led to another, and I happened to come across Tim, um, Tim Simpson. He's unbelievable he's an aussie i think the fact that i can just talk straight aussie to aussie and get get yep. across my ideas um that makes a massive difference um that's probably the big that's probably the biggest one man being comfortable with the guy who's going to be you know 
taking on so much responsibility in my career um, yeah. and just being able to have a, a, an Aussie fucking mate to chat to it and, and do that sort of stuff and be comfortable with it. I think that um, that's what really set it apart and, and I sort of knew that I had to sort of delve into that one. It's a fucking great signing, mate. Like, obviously, we've got Conor McGregor at the top. We've probably got Israel Adesanya under him and I reckon sliding in right underneath would be the kamikaze. <laughs> So, mate, I don't think not, just, to, not, 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 not too long, man. I'm just going to smash through this local circuit, get my name yeah. on the, uh, in the big leagues, and then, um, and then I'm just going to start taking over there, bro. Like, you know, everything, like I said, everything I'm doing is pretty authentic, and I just I plan to keep doing it, man. You know, like, I, I love this shit, and, I, and, and I'm not going to stop for nothing, especially not now, especially not while we're going. Got the momentum. Absolutely. It must be um, – you must feel really good in, inside yourself too about being signed by – you know, we mentioned Conor McGregor in Israel, and then you know you're still on the local circuit trying to get to that UFC or that that elite, you know, company. That must make you feel really good about what you're doing and you and you know your skills and, and and what you can bring to the sport. Because you know, for them to to invest in you, you must that just must give you the world of confidence. You know, going going. Oh, forward. massive man! I think I think basically that just um that just says that just shows that everything that I'm doing, I'm I'm on the right direction. You know, I'm doing it right to be considered. Even to be, you know, as part of the team, when there's guys as, as such top tier athletes, and for guys like Tim to be taking time out of their day to be talking to someone like me on a local level, when he's mm. got athletes and superstars as such, like they do in that company, yeah, man, that's um that's pretty humbling, you know, and 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 it's exciting, really. It's it's, and um I think I bring a, a bit of a different angle, something that they're pretty excited at, uh, working with the fact that I'm, you know, previously a tattoo artist. So I bring a whole other element to the ballpark when it comes to um, business and, and what's marketable. No Absolutely. doubt, mate. And as we'll get into it right now. We might as well because it's fight week, mate. It's a huge week. I'm glad you've come on this week. It's uh, perfect timing. So Eternal 65 this Saturday at, uh, in the Gold Coast there. You're headlining against That's Vince Gillies. Mate, let's yes. get into it. He's, uh, he's a tough bloke, this bloke. He's probably, probably your toughest opponent so far. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that, man. Like... It's a if you know if you know Australian MMA, you know Jim Skillies, you know mm-hmm. just Josh Coon, you know the Kamikaze, you know what this fight's going to bring, man. It's a it's an absolute yeah. firecracker. You know he's he's tough as nails. No Aussies, no one's been able to go out there and stop him. So for me, that's that's something that I want to put myself as a test too. Like I can stop everyone else. Um, you know, I stopped uh, Trevor Sinclair when he was undefeated on his run. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm going to stop Dim Skillies and to be the first guy to do that, no matter how it's done, whether it's, you know, submission or whether it's a knockout, I just plan to stop him, you know, and that's nothing personal. I like Dim's. He's a good dude, man. I, yeah. I'm actually yeah. a Dim's fan, you know, he, he yeah. does what I love to do. He loves to get in there and absolutely fucking bring violence and chaos and energy yeah. and all that. Yeah, we shit. love it. And that, that, yeah. and that excites me, man, to see two of the, two of these guys go to go, go head together. They had to headline that one. Hundred percent, man, and he would feel the same way about you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, he does, man. And and like prior to this um, being matched up, you know, him and I are in, in chats on the internet all the time, and we've crossed crossed paths in the gym before, you know. So it's like there's there was no animosity. It's just like we're both fans of what each other does, and um and yeah, it's just a uh, just a match that needed to be made. It's business at the end of the day too. If you're both doing what you're doing on a local circuit and you're both going so well, you're always going to come up against each other at some point. So like you said, no I'm yeah. animosity, but it's, it's just for the fans. I'd love to ask you, mate, what is it like this fight, obviously after signing the deal and is there, do you feel any extra pressure or are you just pretty comfortable in your own ability and, and what you do, you know, in your camp leading up to the fight that you'll have the skills to just get, get the job done. Cause it, there is a little bit of added pressure from the outside, just looking in, cause you've obviously signed that deal and a few more eyes will be on yeah. it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Um, no, nah, I feel, to be honest, man, like I thrive on the pressure, man. You know, that, it's like that old saying that pressure makes diamonds. I feel the same about myself, man. Like from my very first fight, I, you know, I packed out the stadium. I made sure that it was tables and tables and hundreds of people there to support me. You know, I put the pressure on myself from day one, you know, and then after my second fight, you know, I started being more public on social media, you know, saying that this is what I want to do. I'd already made up my mind. And since then, I've just continued to do that, man. Like I'm putting all the eyes on me. You know, I'm making myself loud. I'm inviting all my friends and all my family and all my fans and all my followers and everyone who gets behind me. I'm inviting them to come and watch me, you know, and I'm putting all that pressure on myself because that's when I perform the best, man, under that under that's that awesome. chaos and under that th- – I thrive in the pressure. Well, it's I've been not really a sport. Fights. I was just going to say, it's not really the sport, is it, to not thrive on pressure because other team sports, you know, you often see guys that are sort of flat-track bullies in, in a realm of sports and go well against the shit teams or something. And then when it comes to the cooker. Yeah. Pressure cooker, they can't perform. But I mean, you're in there by yourself. So if you don't like pressure, it's probably the wrong sport, I would have thought. So yeah, <laughs> looking back, it's probably no, a silly question. You are right, but it's funny, man, because you see some of the some of the best dudes are the best in the gym, and then come fight night, yeah. they can't put it together, man. Which is an interesting thing as well, because you know, like you know, I haven't been training and 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 understand and learning the the martial arts craft for all that long, man. Only a couple of years, you know. So yeah. What I knew I had is I knew I had heart, you know, and I knew I had the mentality to get in there and do what we needed to do. And the rest of the stuff's been coming along with it. You know, now that I've spent a couple of years, you know, I've got the skills and I've got, I'm developing all the rest of the things, the cardio and everything that else that comes with it. But I knew that I had those first two ticket items to start with and, you know, and that's got me this far. And now that I feel like I've, I've got, you know, Brenton Mumford, my, my new coach, I've, this is my first fight that I've actually got uh, one voice of reason, one coach in my corner, someone overlocking my whole process that I've gone through start to finish. I feel like I'm I'm in the best position that I've ever been in and I've got like the most advantages and the most tricks up my sleeves that I ever have. That's awesome. Mate, if I had to describe your fighting style to someone, like the listeners out there that might not have seen you fight before, I would describe it as a cyclone of violence is pretty much what you bring to the cage, I reckon. In your own words, how would you describe what you set out to do in your fighting style, man? Because it's fucking entertaining. Man, it's entertaining, right? Like, and, and, and I was actually just talking to someone before, you know, that, you know, and um, they were they were asking something similar, like you know, what's what's going on when you go in there? What's going in through your head? And it's like, it's just kind of like it is the kamikaze, right? Because I'm out there to fucking hurt you, me, whoever the fuck is in there, man. Like I don't give a shit. Like you know, it's it's chaotic, man, and it's it's violent, you know. And really, this is a blood sport. Like anyone that's tuning in, anyone's paying their fifty, sixty bucks, whatever pay per view or whatever it is, or they're buying their tickets or they're coming to watch violent sports. You want to see violence, you know? To say so to to see to see two dudes go down and fucking duke it out and see blood and gluts and glory everywhere. Yeah. I'm about it, man. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm set out to do. I'm here to do that for the fans, man, you know, and someone's got to be that guy. Mate, it's clearly not all talk either. Cause when you watch your fight, mate, it's just overwhelming the pressure you seem to put on these blokes and you don't seem to give a shit if they're firing back at you, you, you welcome the pressure. So mate, it yeah. is, I just, yeah, it's fucking unreal. Anyone at home, you have to watch this weekend for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's the kamikaze, right? Any anyone can get fucked up in that fucking situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you um, have you enjoyed the camp, and do you enjoy that side of the the game? Because I always like to ask our guests, because obviously, getting to the fight and having the fights, the the reward for your effort. Do you actually enjoy the grind and the learning process and all that? You know, the 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 hard work through the day and all that that gets you to the fight. Is that something that you really enjoy, or is it just part of? The, the reward of getting to the fight and you have to do it because it's part of the process. 
Nah, look, man, it's got its good days. It's got its bad days. But overall, yep. I actually do. I do love the process. I love the fact that it's challenging. Um, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I come from a successful tattoo career where I was already comfortable, man. You know, I'd already made my, yep. my way in business. You know, I was really, you know, comfortable, had a good clientele. You know, I could charge good money for it. So to stop everything that I'm doing, something that I'm already like achieving high at in my career and in my, you know, to stop all that, to stop making the money, to stop doing all these things, to actually to commit myself to do these fights, to do the camps, to do everything that you got to sit out to do. I, I love the struggle, man. I love what it brings to me. I love the character that it builds out of me. I love the sense of it shows me who I really am. It shows me if I am what I am, believe I am, which I, you know, I believe that I'm ready to achieve greatness. And each little day, you know, like it's it's the process now that I that I that I've come to really do love, man. Because at, at the start, it's a little bit harder, you know. I'm transitioning from a, being a businessman and from being a father and from being a husband and you know all these things. And to commit yourself to a completely different sport that's so outside the realm to anything that we were comfortable with prior, yeah, it's 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 fucking hard, yakka. But the more that I do it now, the more that my family and everyone else around me is comfortable with it, the more I'm comfortable with it. And I and now I love it. I love every day. You know, every day is a blessing to get up and do what we do. I was, I did want to ask you about your tattooing and obviously you're a successful artist in, in, you know, in that world. How hard a decision was it to stop that? And then I guess it's, it's still a risk, right? You probably knew how talented you were at this, at this game and going into this MMA world, but obviously your hands are like, you know, absolutely treasured things in your business. So how hard was it to actually stop that and go and, and do this full time knowing for well that you could, you know, any injury could, could hurt that business side, you know, outside of the fight. Yeah, look, at, at the start, man, um, it was super tough. And I did. I mm. broke my hands on, on multiple occasions. And there was heaps of tattoo sessions that I, I couldn't back up, you know. And, and then being so booked out, if there were sessions I couldn't make, those clients have to get rebooked. And that, that just put my, you know, my books months and months further back. So yep. I pretty much had to just cold turkey quit tattooing, which was like, you know, my true passion that I had already mm. set yeah. out for over a decade in my life to, you know, set out and, and, and do well at. To put all that on the line, man, every day that's still hard. That's still hard to go walk into my business and to see all my peers um, who I've brought on on under me over the time. And, you know, they've come on to be tattooing alongside me or to, you know, to, to give what I have to give and to see everyone else still tattooing and to see like the vibe in the shop. And, you know, I miss that atmosphere. I miss that energy. But, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the sacrifice, man, you know, and it was yep. hard to walk away from a team of people who I built so hard and, you know, yep. been on the on the front line with for so long to set that to be like, look, I'm not going to tattoo anymore. I know you guys are here because you know I, I tattoo and we're all part of this team, but I'm not, I'm going to stop that and I'm going to pursue something else. That was fucking hard too, man. You know, like I had yeah. to you know muster up the courage to tell my team that I wasn't going to be there on the front line with them every day. Yeah, you know. So how did they all? How did they take that? Was it was it a, a hard oh, conversation? Nah, it was all received with um with with all great. It was if anything, it was just my own my own sense yep. of self, like. You know, like I felt like I owed them more sort of thing, but they're all happy for me, man. Like they, I, I treat my team so good and, and they treat me with the same love back, man. We've got like a little family there. So it's, it's, it's nothing but love around there. And you can tell that you were serious about the, the MMA world because obviously tattooing is, there's probably never really been a more popular time for it. So to step away from such a thriving business, you know, and like yep. you said, you, you're booked out for months and months and months. It, that all your loved ones and close friends had to respect your decision because they must have, obviously you knew what you were sort of giving up and the risk you were taking. So that, I guess that might, might have helped with, you know, the family and friends side of things. Oh, man. That, you know. I mean, it's massive, man. Like, you know, and especially now, like, and it still crosses your mind, you know. I had 
newborn twin boys, you know, one year and now one year old now. But you know, when when my wife's going through pregnancy and you know we're having these kids, of course I think, fuck, do I just mm. what am I doing, man? You know, like I should <laughs> yeah. be making money and setting my family up. You know, instead I'm taking a risk on this shit that you know, even if I crack the UFC, I just I'm, for the first couple of years I'm probably not even going to get paid what I do if I just continue my fucking day job. You know, like yeah, yeah that's yeah. the reality of it, man. So to say Absolutely. that. Uh, you know, and, and the fact that they still support me and regardless of what decision I made just makes me want to do it even more. You know, it just makes me fucking feel like I've already taken, I'm, you know, I'm head first, I'm diving in, I'm going for fucking gold, brother. Take us through that because the mentality is fucking inspiring for me sitting here listening to it. But like, obviously you started at a pretty late age, really, what were you, 25, 26, when you decided to make the actual decision. Did you have any yeah, previous like, experience in martial arts or anything? Had you been working out younger and doing training or anything? Or is it just spur of the moment almost? Look, man, I was a bit of a rat bag, you know, and I fucking, I, I got my fucking fighting experience, not in the cage or not in the ring. But, um, you know, <laughs> right. aside from that, that's not something that I want to preach or anything like that. Nah. But that's just, you know, that was just, that was my fucking life. And that's how I was brought up and whatnot. But um, nah, prior to like 26, 27, I'd done a little bit of boxing when I was a kid. Um, and then I, I think I'd done about a year's worth of um, just hitting pads, try, trying to learn the fundamentals of boxing. Um, I tried to get an amateur boxing match. That didn't quite work out. Um, uh, then I, at that point, I'd been training for about a year, a year, year and a half or something like that, just boxing, um, just just casually in an amateur um, sort of sort of scene. And then I'd met Cam um, and his daughter, Robin, through Eternal. We'd sponsor one of their shows and I was actually tattooing Cam. He'd come into my studio after the show to say thanks and he'd come and got a tattoo. And I mentioned that I couldn't get a boxing match, that they'd been trying to match me for about, you know, three to six months or something and I wasn't having much luck. And he's like, well, what about MMA? Mm. And I said, well, fuck, can you get me a fight or what? And he said, <laughs> yeah, three months, you're on. And I said, three months, you're on. I said, well, three months, you're on. All right. So that was it, man. I think it was about the same time CMBT opened their gym and um, I just opened up for went straight in the day they opened and I said, I'm, I'm ready to fight. I think it's about two months out. So we need to start getting cracking. <laughs> I saw even in your amateur, even your, I think you had three amateur fights. Is that correct? You fucking steamrolled yeah. all those blokes as well. So you haven't really, I think you've been two and a half minutes. You're most in the cage. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it, man. Like that was, um, that's where I went into it knowing that like, I've got that, that mentality that was going to be different, you know, and I never expected them to be quick finishes, but I just knew that, my, my guts and glory would just fucking get me through those first couple of fights while I, I learned on the fly. And like I said, now I've, I've been through it. I've had those couple of fights. I've got the experience. I've had a couple in the pro. I've got the experience there. Um, and I've been training flat sticks since then, man. You know, apart from injury and COVID, that's anything that's held us up. I've been consistent. I've been fighting actively. I've been training actively. You know, I've committed myself to it. I've pulled myself out of my um, my career, my business, take time away from my family. And I'm fucking headfirst into this sport, man, you know, and, and it's showing off, man. Like it's it's showing the you know the results are part of the work, man. Like I've only been at it for a couple of years. Like you said, I'm signed by Paradigm now, the biggest and best there is. You know, I've been noticed by the UFC. They've they've put up a you know fighters to watch in 2022. You know, I'm the only Aussie New Zealander on that list. All these things that's coming to fruition because of the hard work and the dedication that I've put into. Just wanted to touch on your boxing there for a little second. I'm pretty sure you've done a bit of work and a good mates with a friend of the pod, Benny Marnie. Has he helped yes. out with the uh, the striking skills? He's a, he's a ripping fella. Oh, man, massively. Probably from like my second fight or something, maybe even my first fight. Man, Benny's been massive to, you know, my striking development, man. Breaking things down. He's super technical. 
Um, him and I get along real well, just like mates. Like another thing that I'm, I, I keep, you know, in my team just has to be close and personal because if it's like if, if I'm not on a good relationship with people, I'm just not listening sort of thing, you know. But yeah. Benny, man, I, I listen to everything that guy says, man. He's got nothing but good yeah, heart, dude. good intentions and fucking yeah. great knowledge, you know, and, and I soak up whatever I can from that dude. And he's a he's an inspiring man. He's in the gym every day. He's driving. He's he's out there. He's doing what I'm doing. You know, he's being loud on social media. He's he's putting himself out there in the spotlight. You know, he's getting on sponsors on board. He's keeping the people happy. You know, shows face, doing all the right thing, ticking all the right boxes. Yeah. And I dare say he'll go all the right way places too. Hundred percent. Absolutely. It's it's it takes you know you see guys on Instagram doing all the you know all that side of things, but guys like yourself and Benny actually go in and then back it up. And, you know, we, we've had a, a whole host of guys on this podcast talk about, you know, guys on Instagram and that want to fight. And then when you put it in front of them, they actually don't want to. So it is refreshing to see guys like yourselves putting it out there, but then actually backing it up and going in and having good performances. Cause it seems looking from afar that it's actually, there's a lot of a, you know, a lot of blokes doing it, but oh, then yeah. actually wanting to fight and back up, you know? Oh man, sure. massive. Everyone wants to be an Instagram fighter. Everyone wants to be a keyboard warrior, you know, but when yeah. it comes time to get locked in there and put the lights on, where is it? You know, they turn Different the fucking water or, you know, yeah. that's, or they magically get an injury or fucking, you know, some shit happens, man. You know, I, that was, well, that was what the reason was I couldn't get an, even an amateur fight. You know, I came out of a really good boxing gym and, platinum boxing in the ring got some of the best athletes and then on the amateur circuit locally here um everything was pre-match so you'd have to put your fighters names up put up your details and stuff not mm-hmm. like in the old days where amateurs where you just all fucking rock up and you know way two cunts together and then you fight it's yeah. not like that you know and so like i was getting dodged and skipped from before we even even fucking started you know and that just shipped me to tears with boxing so in mma i know it doesn't matter if you win or lose as long as you get in there and fucking fight and so I knew I would have more chances of getting, you know, more active fights in MMA. So I just went down that road just because I wanted to have one. And, you know, once I had that one, fuck, man, then I knew this was for me and I had to, I had to do this. Wanted to talk. You mentioned uh, the UFC has uh, spruiked you there as one to watch this year. Let's just say all things go well and you knock Dimp Gillies the fuck out in round one as you've done everyone else. Do you reckon uh, any chance that, you know, the next fight potentially the UFC will come knocking or you reckon there's still a bit more to go? Um, look, man, I think it's just going to come down to um, what the offers are at that point, whether it be contender yeah. series, whether it be look, a look, yeah. direct look in. Look, it's my name's in negotiation, you know. That's, that's what it comes down to. It's what's my best entry point, you know. And is that, do I need more experience? Do I want to be tested somewhere else? Do I want to amass more of a record locally? You know, what do I want to do when I go in there? You know, these are the teams and these are the decisions I need to make with my, my team and my management. And I'm sure they'll help me guide through, guide me through making the right decisions there. It is it's a exciting one. for you because you've got so many options, you know, like UFC could come calling, but even if you just continue to build, you know, local hype and build your social media following and just, you know, steamroll blokes. And then when you've got your opportunity, you've almost got more of this story behind you as well. So it doesn't matter. I don't reckon which way you go with it. I mean, it's just, it's all, it's all positive. I reckon however the way you you get there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. It's all positive. And you know, like, even though I'm, you know, I'm getting, it looks like I'm fast tracking, you know, or anything. I don't feel like I'm rushing anything, you know, like I'm not, I'm not rushing my way to, you know, into things that I'm not ready for or whatever, just because I'm moving fast. Yeah. It doesn't feel like I'm rushing at all. It feels like everything's falling into place at the right time. We've seen uh, with the Contender Series, like Jimmy Crute come through there. We've got Jack Madalena recently. He come through there as well, who's now bigger and better things. And then even this, there's rumours of the UFC potentially coming to Australia later in the year. So even something like that, they tend to get local yeah. blokes on the card, like a Jamie Malarkey jumped on a local card a few years back, that kind of thing. So yeah. 
there's plenty of doors I reckon open for you eventually. Well, that's sort of that's sort of where we're at with that discussion, man. You know, do we wait for us fight the UFC to come to Australia, and you know, do I does it look good for me there, or you know, does you know, do we wait for do we look go straight to contender series? You know, what's what's my best avenue or yeah. whatever, you know. But beyond that, I'm not overlooking this fight with Dimps, man. You know, that's my next thing. That's the you know, yeah, no idea. Um, that's that that's the next priority. The dude's fucking like you said, he's tough as hell, man. He ain't taking mm. a backward step. He ain't quitting. You know, so I got to go out there and fucking stop him. You know, and and that's that's my next test. So let's get through that, and then we'll talk about what's happening next. You know, for my career. Wanted to touch on that a little bit. Obviously, you've had the three pro fights. Uh, what two of them under a minute, one two minutes. So you haven't really seen adversity. So you reckon a lot of people might be sleeping on the other skills you possess. We haven't seen you on the mat or you know in these type of situations. So do you reckon yeah. you're, you're working on just like a whole well-rounded sort of game that people probably haven't seen yet? They have, man. I think, um, I think it's and it's it's probably just going to work into my favor, man. You know, like mm. no one really knows what I'm doing. You know, no mystery. one really knows. Yes. It's a fucking mystery. You know, it's a, <laughs> what happens if they take me down and I'm a fucking weapon on the ground? What happens That's if right. you know That's they try to wrestle me and they realize that it I could be better on the ground? We don't know. Stand up no could be a weakness. You. We just don't know. <laughs> you just don't know, you know, and my opponents don't know and their coaches don't know and the team doesn't know. And unfortunately, the UFC doesn't know, which is why we're still here at the moment. Bro. But uh, <laughs> Maybe lay down. Lay down on Saturday night and just bring him down. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, mate. We always, well, I always like to ask the guests if there was a sort of a, a moment where they sort of felt like they were they were actually going to make something of it or was it someone that, you know, pulled you aside and said you had the skills or was it something that you just sort of felt? Because, you know, coming into it a bit later, obviously we've spoken about stepping away from the business and things like that. I just, I'd love to know if there was actually a moment where you're like, fuck, I'm, I'm actually, I've got something here or it just sort of all just naturally happened. Um, look, man, I think I fucking, I always knew deep down that I had that fire in my belly. Um, it wasn't that I was, you know, wanted to be violent or I wanted to get in fights as such or whatever. I just knew that I had that, fighter's ability in me i guess and um you know and i and i tamed that man you know i suppressed that for you know nearly a decade with this with my tattoo career you know because prior to that you know i was i was a rat bag kid going out doing whatever i was doing i fell into tattooing and you know i had to protect my hands and i had to protect my team when i started my business and whatnot you know so all that shit took a backpedal for a while so I, i really suppressed that you know that fucking that outlet of what i was i guess what i was doing at the time i was doing it the wrong way and as I got older, you know, and started training and sparring, you know, I let that out a little bit. And, I, you know, I felt like, you know, there was this, still this, this fire in my belly. After I had that first fight and, I, and just the, the, the whole process from, you know, it was the day after it was the, that, I, that I was reflecting, you know, and I was looking at the whole process, all the training that I'd done, all the dieting that I'd done, you know, all the hard time, all the mental fatigue that I'd overcome, you know, and to sit there and to, you know, have like a highlight knockout at the end of it and, and know that I'd actually succeeded. Like there was no greater feeling than that, you know, and no greater sense of success. And I hadn't felt that for so many years, you know, tattooing didn't fill that void for me anymore. You know, I felt like that I'd sort of reached the pinnacle of that, that, that point of um, my career there. And, and it was just like looking forward to a brand new struggle, you know, and, mm. and I think that was what really, what really drew it to me, you know, like, yeah, I could, you know, I might be able to go out and do another fight, but can I continue down this path for how long, you know? And and if I do, what's to come of it if I do that, you know? And and I think after that first fight, um, I joked with my my little brother in law. I think we were watching one of the cards um, a bit prior to that, and I think it was like UFC two o something, and I, we were just saying UFC three hundred, UFC three hundred, here we come. 
And I just fucking, I wrote that back on. My missus went and bought my first ticket and I, and I had it on my wall the other day, the very first ticket sale from my first fight. And I wrote on the back something like, um, my first fight was the best. It was everything that I thought it would be, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, UFC 300, here we come. And I think that was just like subliminal, subliminal, just like just tracked in my mind, you know, and it's like I just I guess I've been grinding towards a goal um, without officially grinding towards a goal. But, you know, it seems like things are just sort of like naturally happening for it now. And I, I, I reckon, and I hope this isn't a silly question, but I've just been thinking about it as we've been talking and like obviously coming from a, a bit like a, a, a prior job in tattooing and the amount of focus and concentration and skill and all these things, I reckon it almost gives you a weird advantage going into fights because you know that you can harness the right positive energy for a long time and you can probably yeah. do it as well as any fighter because they haven't sat down in an awkward position for eight hours tattooing someone. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's almost and it's almost one of the hardest apprenticeships to do to start in. It's it's a it's an oh. unforgiving world, you know. You would it's, know it's, as much as anyone. So it's almost been a really good prior, even though you were so good at that. Even yeah. if you didn't get to those pinnacles, it, it's such a, a good grounding to take some of those attributes and skills to go into the fight game and harness yeah. those really positive things. I reckon it must be helpful in weird ways. Yeah, I think um, I think the patience um, definitely helps with it. Um, being able to concentrate for a long time and being able to learn on the fly. You know, like tattooers, you, you just got to learn on the fly, man. You got to like be, you got to learn under pressure, you know, and I think you can relate a lot of that and how I went through that and, you know, relate it to, to fighting because all those things, you know, they, they require the same sort of, you know, um, the same sort of stuff. So, minimal yeah, room it, for it error definitely too, does, does translate over in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I just said minimal room for error with tattooings. No room, no room for error no in either room. of these sports, man, you know. And that's, that's why they get kind of, You love the high-stress right? environments, mate. That's something we know about you. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I like hurting people, however it is, you know. <laughs> That's right. But speaking of tattoos, mate, like it seems to be a rule in the UFC. You've got to have shit tattoos to get into this hey, fucking thing, mate. So no, I was going to say, you, right, hey. no, no, I was going to say you have, uh, you probably won't get into the UFC because you're bucking that trend, mate. Your tattoos, <laughs> My are, too tattoos good. are too good for the UFC. They are, hard, mate. Bro, the UFC I think won't know what's all in fighters have the shittest tats. I don't know what it is. And I can, I'll say it to all my mates. They all have the shittest tats. I don't know why, but I think it's just like a young fighter thing. You've got to have Mate, shit tats. My missus has got into it recently, and every time we watch the fight, she goes, oh, looks like he got the memo. Shit tats. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've got to think of a way to fucking market against that, eh, somehow. They Mate, probably are those blokes that go for that weird age where they haven't got much money, so they just go and say, oh, he was cheap. But don't think about Cheap, that. Maybe drive, like, smash it out correct. as much coverage as you can give me. Give me the same as what that guy's got. I don't know. Just oh, fucking no. hit me. Tattoo me. Some dude in a garage. Yep, get me in. Yeah. You'll have to, if you get in there, though, you can at least buck the trend. That's another first that you can do and be positive in that environment. So you can cross yeah. the world. Bring cool tattoos to the UFC. Bring, bring awareness. Tattoo, bring tattoo awareness to the UFC. We need it, mate. We fucking need it. I'll, I'll tell just you what, call mate. people out on it. You should. <laughs> Well, mate, knock, we're, them uh, out, knock them out and then do patch-up jobs for them. <laughs> I want them for free cover-up, eh? Yeah, right, it's mate, actually pretty good. You out, but, uh, if you need a cover-up, I've got your Come see me. We'll see one of my boys trash talk. Shop. Good trash talk for when the press conferences come about. Yeah. You can just get into their head, definitely. Yeah. Mate, we're, uh, we're very conscious of your time because it is fight week, so we appreciate you jumping on. Just any last words, mate? You want to shout out some sponsors or anyone that you've uh, got to give a give a bit of a shout-out to or just what the fans can expect on Saturday night. Definitely everyone. Oh, man, the, the fans can expect fireworks, man. Anytime I step in there or anytime Dimson steps in there, 
you know it's going to be an exciting night. Um, there's going to be violence. It's going to be fucking fantastic. So make sure you tune in. Um, big shouts to all my fans, all my friends, all my followers, um, all my family, everyone who gets behind me. They literally are the motivation why I fucking do this. People send me messages saying that I've inspired them doing this or, you know, that like I can help them out with mental health and all that shit. That fucking, that pushes me to keep doing this, man, because if I can help people and if they can see what I've done and they can change their stars from it, then fucking life, man, pushes me. So shouts to all those people that are pushing me to make make my, my life better, I guess. Well said, mate. And thanks thanks again, as Mick said, like coming on during Fight Week's massive, um, giving us and our listeners some time. And I know they're going to love it. And we're going to love following you this weekend and your journey. And, you know, when, when you know, the next big thing happens, we'd love to be able to get you back on and, and have a chat, mate. But we wish you all the best in not only Saturday and in what's to come in a really exciting career. So thank you so much. No, I appreciate it, man. And thank you guys for having me on. And we'll definitely get that second podcast here. Thank you. Boy, oh boy, wowee. Mako's dark. You said aggressive uh, confidence. Well, I reckon there's going to be an aggravated assault on Dimps Gilly, and I hope he's a better fighter than he is, uh, his brother is drummer. Because I tell you what, what a man, and I reckon an absolute pelting <laughs> coming this weekend. Mate, I tell you what, I hope his brother isn't Ben Gillies from Silverchair, mate. That floppy-haired bastard. He'll, uh, I hope, I hope he'll be seeing, a, he's going to see a hate crime going on on bloody Saturday night. Oh, this is going to be big. I tell you what, I'm pumped. I am amped. I'm excited. Eternal 65. I'm, yeah, man, the kamikaze. I mean, gee whiz. Some blokes talk the talk and you think, turn it up. This man walks the walk. Bad, but it's, we didn't really get into it, but it sounds like he's sort of prone to some sort of bad stuff on the streets too. So he's taking himself from the bad bad stuff on the streets into one of the uh, the premier tattoo artists, and then he's said, nah, I'm, I've sort of clocked that. I'm going to go yep. and just do the world's toughest sport. And he seemingly is on his way to uh, greatness there. So you, you talk about uh, people overachieving in life. I reckon that's really pound for pound one of the great stories. Personally? It's a huge story, a huge story. It takes lots of guts, balls to just not walk away because he's still got his business behind him, but to step away from what he does so well, the tattoo artistry, it's his passion in life, but to step away at that age, mate, and to get involved in a game like this, the fight game, and back yourself in, that's fantastic stuff. I think more people should take inspiration from that. And uh, look, he's, he's signed a paradigm. like That's huge, let's be honest. For a bloke on the local stage, Getting signed by that company, it's just they've obviously seen something they like and they know they're getting in chips in early, ground floor sort of chips stuff. In. And uh, They've actually probably been listening to our podcast and they're taking a bit of the mantra that the boys are taking. Chips in early, get on the ground yep. floor, you, yep. you, you get in and these boys, as they rise, they remember who, you know, who's their friend and who, who gave them a shot early and then you just, it's, a mat- it's just greatness and it's great to give you blokes in the, in the, in the start, you know, or just, progressing in their career an opportunity to tell their story because like the big fella last week said not a lot of people you know outside of watching him on a Wednesday night belting the bloke you don't often get to see or hear from these guys at this stage of their career and I reckon it's the most important stage of their career because they are still you know trying to get to the absolute pinnacle and I think that's the best time to talk to people 
Personally, not a not a doubt in the world, mate. I'm excited to have him on because yeah, mate, he's on a rocket ship, Oregon. He's on a rocket ship. It's going one way, it's going up, and uh, yeah, everyone at home, I'm sure you're happy with that because that was a. A good interview, I reckon. I reckon we've done well, episode 28. Nice one. Nice one, Matty. Good by you. Absolutely good by you, too. I'll tell you what else is good, and I'll tell you what else is on a rocket ship, and I'll tell you what else is probably going to be signed by some sort of fucking outside source, because this segment coming up, Mako Shark, you're, 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 fu- you're front and centre of this segment, and I don't want you to leave me, but I'll tell you what, if this paradigm or whatever they're called, they come knocking, I wouldn't begrudge you to sign, because this segment has got everyone talking. It's got boxers. It's got MMA. It's got soccer plays. It's got fucking friends of MMA. It's got friends of boxers. This segment, like no other, can bring people together. It can also fracture people. That's why it's so good, because you never know what's coming, Mako Shack. I don't know what's coming. People think I'm talking shit. i got no idea. We have a beautiful run sheet, Mako Shark, but it just says Shark Tank. It doesn't say Shark Tank fit. So I've got no idea. It's a great way to do it. It's a great segment. It's my favourite segment. It's my favourite time of the week. Tell you what it is, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Mako Shark Tank. All right, we're back. Shark Tank, episode 28. And this time, I'm heading back to the kitchen, Maddie. Something's pissed me right off in the kitchen. And I am coming for casserole, Maddie. Casserole, it is fucking over for you, you disgusting putrid dish. Nobody wants you. You don't even tell me for one second, Maddie, you want to talk about casserole on this podcast because it is a spew of a dish. I have had enough of it, it, mate. It's fucking some sort of shit meat, right? They get the worst beef they can find in the world. They stick it in a crock pot, Matty. They stick all sorts of vegetables in there. They get some sort of crock pots are a crock of shit, Matthew. (laughs) And I tell you what, I remember. I remember being a child, Matty, and you would wake up in the morning. You'd go, "Fuck! All right, got to go to school, but you know, we'll get home." Blah blah blah. Eat some chips. Eat a Fredo when I get home. I wonder what's for dinner. I wonder what's for dinner. And then sometimes, mate, every now and then, just every couple yeah, of months, yeah. you'd get this waft coming through to the, oh, the no. playroom, Matty. When you'd, you'd go, be doing, oh, you'd be doing Gran no. Turismo street circuits. Oh be, no, I was trying to play Gran Turismo. Yes, in, in, yes. And then all of a sudden, you get this waft of death, and you go, oh, "Fuck, Mum's cooking up a casserole again." Oh shit! I wish I had had more Fredos because I'm going to be hungry tonight. Tell you what, yeah. Matty. It can't go on, can it? Tell me. No, Are you a casserole man? I just No, I'm not a casserole man, but I just know that when you're a kid, like now you want time to slow down, but when you're a kid, like time is so long. So you get you, you get a bit excited when you're a kid about what's for dinner, and then when you get you in do. life shattered by, say, a casserole or oh. like a bit of grilled fish with like veggies, it's like, fuck, the next day feels that long to see what's next. And you really have, you have low confidence on what's coming after a casserole because – I reckon when casseroles are getting pushed out, they're at the bottom of the barrel, thoughts-wise, aren't they? Mate, I reckon if my Mrs. Mum, Mrs. Mako Mum, she's pulled out some fucking frozen bit of bloody uh, chuck at the back of the freezer and she's going, oh, this will do. I'll fucking thaw this shit out and I'll stick it in a pot for nine hours and the kids won't know any bloody different, the little bastards. Can I, can and you know I what say, she though, to, I yeah. just want to say, to go into bat for, for Mrs. Mako, right, the she's had a she's had a fair amount of kids over a fair amount of years, and you came a bit late. So like, I don't yeah, reckon she's, she's bringing up, out mate. her al dente for young Mako Shark at that point. Well, this she just wants problem. to go to her ten pin bowling and put a fucking have a glass yeah. of shardy on the couch. I tell you what though, she used to me. she used to pair the casserole up, mate. You know what she'd pair it up with oh, a God. side of boiled potatoes, mate. These things were oh, dustier my. than the Sahara fucking desert. I tell you what. <laughs> And then they bring out, they, she would wheel out the boiled carrot and the boiled peas. And I tell you what, mate, I would sit there in a fucking 
a plate of my own tears. I tell you what, and I'm traumatized. Hey, I never got them at your house, and I spent plenty of time there. She didn't really. You know what? Whenever you come around, she'd wheel out the fucking good stuff. She'd wheel out the big beefer. Yeah, the bacon the burger, the big boifers, yeah. and she'd pull out yeah. the fucking deep fryer and the, mm. the chips. She'd thrice cook chips for you, Maddie, when you'd yeah. come around. And you'd be thinking, yeah. shit, you're eating well at the Mako house. Yeah, oh, boy. Wow, tell it was you all what. a fucking mirage, mate. I tell you, I nearly called the fucking ombudsman on her one day. Yeah, oh, the film, oh, mate, mate, the beer carousel, that, sorry, a uh, uh, casserole ombudsman for sure. I tell you what, when you start calling the ombudsman for private matters, you know you've got some serious problems. <laughs> Imagine the, the ombudsman comes to the door like, hello, is uh, Jill there? Yes, you're, you're actually uh, served. Here's your, like, first mm. official warning for over-casserole. Over Criminal casserole. That's Criminal. your fucking CC. offense. Criminal. Criminal casserole. The hey, boiled potatoes exceeded the legal limit. They're just I'm, fucking I'm too wrapped. boiled. I'm wrapped you've bought food in because I just remembered that I had something about food that I wanted to talk to you about too, Mako. Yeah, not. It's Mother's with Day, it. right? Mother's Day. Hmm. Mother's I Day. probably shouldn't have sprayed my mum on Mother's Day, should I? Fuck. Sorry, yeah, mum, about the casserole. Shout out, to my, shout out to my mum, and thanks for never really casseroling my life and ruining it. You, you, you didn't really do that for me, and she's a big listener, my mum, so I would never, ever spray, even if she did, but she didn't. But anyway, Mother's Day, Mako Shark, I've got a huge issue with the whole cafe hospitality scene on Mother's Day. You know what? Oh, it's a, it's a Our rort. local area, right? So we're taking my out for brunch. Do you know how hard it was, A, to find a place, B, one that wasn't doing set menu, and C, one that didn't want to charge you, like Mabel Jones in Greensboro, never getting my business again, wanted to Oof. sting 50 ahead, Mako, 50 mm-hmm. for breakfast, not even brunch, bre- we're, we're talking 9am. You know what was included? Min Spence for breakfast is a new one. A glass of... Italian sparkling, which is like, what the fuck is that anyway? And what who at 9am wants Italian sparkling, right? Uh, yes, right? Italian Riesling from the uh, San Remo region. A savoury dish or a sweet dish and right. a coffee. For That's 50. it. That's so it. you get two eggs on sourdough with a little bit of Not fucking... Not even that. Like a di- like a, probably like a little quiche or like a little muffin oh, and off. a coffee. Yeah. Name so it, jam Jamie. that up your ass. I said Mabel Jones. Green Mabel Park. Jones, you're no good. Mabel Jones and part owned by uh, Daniel Harford's brother of all people. <laughs> Turn it up. So he's a stinky man that played for two stinky football clubs, and his brother's involved in a stinky cafe and a stinky rort. Right? You can't start know. bringing that in for breakfast. I've never heard 50. of such a thing. So you got myself, Walshy, Leo, and Mum yeah, going fucking hundreds of dollars at, fi- at fifty ahead. Now, nah. next, nah. jamming up your ass. I don't mind the holiday because the mums do a lot of work, but just let us go and have our normal fucking meal. What do you have lunch, I can cop maybe like a set lunch, but not no, breakfast. Have you ever had a good set menu though? No, there very needs to be a rarely. set menu ombudsman because if you're going to do a set menu, why do they seem to always pick the shittest stuff? It's because they know they've got you by the balls. Yeah, I know, but mm. wouldn't you reckon there's a market to have like someone take it and actually do deliver a good one, Mako? We might have to start up our own uh, podcast fighting slash restaurant breakfast sort of operation. <laughs> start whipping out some real nice sort yeah, of yeah. stuff. You know, Juicer just likes poached eggs and she wants just a strong extra hot latte. Like, you know, that's all she wants. She doesn't want fucking sparkling and savouries and all this shit, you know. No one wants it. Don't give it to us. And Mabel Jones, you're on notice. From the, uh, a bit of, what is it, Italian Riesling from bloody Positano or the fucking whatever that region is with all the houses on the cliffs. 
It's a stinker, and uh, I think what you've covered uh, is an epidemic and a pandy and a, all sorts of icks. Of Look, anyone out there, anyone listening at home, if, you, if you've if you suffered through casseroles growing up or, God it's forbid, up. your missus or someone is still cooking them up for you and you've got send to pretend you like it, send, send us through, drop a line, call in, just tag us in a fucking casserole pic and we'll share mm. it because I feel your pain, everyone out there. Casserole <laughs> yeah, victim you know 2022. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go one step further. I haven't even asked you about this because we, you know, we go live. We don't, we don't talk about too much. Someone sends us a casserole. Someone gets served up casserole dish. Mm-hmm. Sends the pod uh, a photo, sharing it on their Instagram, and gives us a five star review. If yep. I see them out, I'll buy them a meal. I'll buy them a good palmy or palma wow. or whatever. I'll buy them. I'll replace the casserole dish with the five star review and the share. That's what I'll only do. if you just see them out though randomly. Yeah, no, no, you're not just. I'm not just taking it. Fucking. They're going to do a a banya Seinfeld sort of thing and take you out for a meal. And you know, off you know, cover Mike. I, I hardly go out anymore, so it's it. Yeah, you know, it's a great deal. Makes really. me seem like a good bloke, but you know, I'm just really. Just I'll send you a bloody shirt, I reckon, if you give me the five star and a shit casserole pick. Tag yeah, the we'll boys. Throw, so throw, we'll throw a shirt in. We got a yeah, couple, so couple left. Hottest shirt in Australia. Tell you what else, Mako Shark, that I'm excited about, by the way, because we'll get off that food. You know. A few foodies that listen, they might like Push it. But, you know, the blokes want blood on this pod, and they want a they want a, a straight down the line fucking review. Mm. So mm. Uh, we had some stuff on the weekend. We had a fair bit on, did we not? We had uh, UFC. A fair bit. We had fight nights. We had some. Uh, we had some boxing. Um, gee whiz, that was uh, that lived up. Oh the, yeah, uh, the gee, that was a bit on, wasn't there? Do you want to uh, just give us a quick? Summary of the UFC, and then we'll just we'll go over yep. that uh, that you know uh, world record breaking uh, female fight at the Garden. Mm. Well, we'll just push through the UFC review pretty quickly. The, my multi, rest in pieces. That uh, was a little cheeky four-legger that I wasn't too confident about early, but I tell you what, I shouldn't have been because that thing blew up rather quickly. Yeah, um, I think I got one out of the four. I think I got one out of the four. One out of four, you know, save your best work for the main events, mate. No, yes. You know, you're one of those guys, like, when you play cricket, you play D grade, you probably go out, but you, you play your A grade, that's when you perform. I play to the that's level I'm at, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. You play to the level you're at. And the, the fight night, we did. We said it wasn't a sexy one. It had a good main event that we liked the look of. Um, yeah, mm. I, I felt that he was going to win, and uh, I'm glad I tipped him. Didn't have the Yeah, you did good there. Nice, yeah. nice tip by you, Cheeto Vera. Fuck, well, that was a yeah. fight and a half, wasn't it? Like, it wasn't the world's best event, but that main, whoa. Hey, I'm a sugar fan. I um, I sort of I took one foot out of the pool and just kept the toe in just in case. And I reckon he shouldn't have um, carried on the way he did because if he had just taken his his loss, I mean, this guy's a fucking beast. There's no shame in losing to him. It was like he was embarrassed, so he made this gimmick up of I'm still undefeated. But you know what? Like, could have no done shame. it. Probably could have kept some fans and done it a different way because this guy is. He's fucking. He's the he's real deal, away. mate. Over the real last deal. twelve months, he's yeah, he's really proven that he actually he keeps fans, improving. His real fans wanted the rematch. I don't think they want the rematch now. Stay I don't think Sugar wants the rematch either. I don't think Vera wants no. the rematch. It's it's he's 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 fucking. He's probably looking at top five sort of contender sort of stuff now. So Bad that was man. a hell of a fight because fuck, I saw that it was in the top what second or third fight ever amongst the Max Holloway fights for strikes thrown. Yeah, and uh, Rob Font, the most ever strikes landed in a losing performance, which was quite phenomenal. Because the dude was fucking, he was hitting like he was connecting. I think he landed two hundred and sixty odd punches or something like that. Um, unlucky to lose at the end of the day, but he was getting pieced out late in rounds. He's getting pieced out late in the fight. Uh, Vera just showing himself to be a real fucking problem 
at one uh, 135 there. So Absolutely. hell of a performance. And uh, yeah, he's a dude. As I said last week, he's a fucking dude. Cheat over here. Hey, uh, tell you what else, he's a little bit more of a dude than we thought. He's that big sloppy heavyweight. He gave uh, he gave Arlovsky a bit of a run, didn't he? That went the distance. Yeah, unless yeah I that went the distance. Seen... And, uh, yeah, and there was a bit of a uh, bit of a what's the word? A contentious decision. Most people thought Arlovsky should have lost that in the uh, decision, but uh, is that yeah, the, the only judges... one you got too? That's the only one I got, and I probably shouldn't have. Yeah, <laughs> and then. Uh, yeah, mate, touchy feel. He got touched and touchy felt. Fe- oh, we said God. he was going to do a. We said he was almost going to commit a crime with how much touching and feeling yeah. he was going to do. Nah. Oh boy, we Blew just got up, wrong. Mate. Hey, we're, you're right allowed, we're allowed to have an off day, aren't we, Mako Shark? What do you well, think of it? I, I didn't get to see too much of it. I had a bit on Sunday, but uh, from so what I read, it didn't seem to be too much of a uh, a stinker. It was it was a solid event. It was, mate. I actually had a few uh, prior engagements myself Sunday morning early, the uh, family commitment. So I had to tape it, watch it on the way home, or when I got home, I should say. So skip through a little bit of the junk. But yeah, it was overall just another fight night. It was all right. You know, what are you going to yeah. do? Move on this week. Pay I'll be doing the, uh, I'll be do- I've got a lot of engagements Sunday, so I'll be doing the off phone oh. all day. Oh, you're one of them, watch. are you? Well, yeah, well, shit, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Like Mother's yeah. Day. I'm yeah. actually lucky. I panicked during the week. I realized, oh, shit, it's Mother's Day. Oh, fuck. Pay-per-view day. This is not good. Mm. Then I remembered my mum's actually uh, over in Alice Springs, bizarrely, for the week. That's so she's on a nice little trip away. I thought she'd enjoy that climate. Well, I didn't think so either, but they've gone away uh, with a nice little couple. They met on a cruise ship a few years ago. They really kept oh in touch. Quite nice. You know, the post-70 little community doing quite nice things. So they've, for some reason, yeah, fucked off over to Alice Springs. Your mum's Springs. a so perennial gonna... pant wearer too, so I reckon she's going to struggle. She's, she's opposite of Sam wearer. Newman. She wears pants. Everywhere, she's he wears pant. shorts everywhere. She's Perennial a pant, pant connoisseur. Yeah, so she'll be struggling pant. in the, uh, the community. Pant, she wears a flowy pant, the Jilster. We need a bit of air, don't you? A bit of airflow. So they're over in Alice Springs. Actually, yeah. So wow. I was actually rapped when I heard that. And I'm like, oh, fuck. How good is this? I've got the doll at home cooking up a tin lid in her stomach. So it's her mother's yeah. day on Sunday. We're watching the fights. Mm. I'll have a few maybe margarita cans. I'll get festive. She'll watch me get festive, and we might win a few bucks on the multi. This is probably your last get festive, I would have thought, because 17 days, babies can come, bro. Yeah, look, I want to be able to drive, so this will be my last festivity, I reckon. This is your last get festive. Mm, maybe I'll really barrel a few. I reckon you should barrel a few. Get real mm. festive. Mm, make it a real sort of uh, fucking Cinco de Mayo yeah. type of uh, festivity right. and just get loose and lazy. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. if you can't see us at home, but we're we're, we're wiggling shoulders. We're wooing. Right we're wooing and doing the we're doing it all. It's a wiggle fest. Yeah. Hey, what else is a is a fest? Was the uh, the, the the Madison Square Garden event? Oh yeah. Um, we won't talk about what happened today. That was hard. We will actually. But... We'll get to that in a minute. I reckon. <laughs> you just keep. Uh, just ne- you just never give me anything as a as a supporter of sport. You just never. All I all I want is a team. Ah, fuck yeah! Go. Let's talk about it. Madison Square Garden today. We haven't talked about ice hockey on the pod. We won't because it's a fighting podcast. Sorry, but no. game one of the playoffs. I'm a big Pittsburgh Penguin man. You, Maddie Crooks, are a huge New York Ranger. This is probably the fifth, fourth, or fifth time we've actually met up in playoffs over the last no, decade. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's every year. It's actually ridiculous, and uh, you've been the better mob all year. I was a bit nervous coming into this. The triple overtime, if you don't mind. Game one, I was at work Playoffs trying to watch this game, nearly mate. six hours this fucking game went for. Different game, mate. And, um, yeah, just a cheeky little of Guinea Malkin top corner. So we won that. But you'll bunch still win of youngsters, bunch of youngsters uh, against a bunch, a few a few tried and true warriors. That, yeah, uh, that's what it is. It's a Cinderella game. sort of story. So we'll see what yeah. happens. I still think you're favourite for the series. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's what we both do. We do the reverse psychology, and it's um, yes. you're trying to do that. Um, anyway, at the garden, which wasn't a disappointment, yes. was no. uh, was Sunday, and it was a uh, it was built. It had hype. It had Eddie Hearn. It had Jake. Did you see any there? I reckon they're in love with each other. Personally, I they had a lot of sit down, tension. didn't they? It was the uh, yeah, a lot of sit down with the Hawaii tension between the two. You just got a like, Hawaii. Just doesn't he doesn't do a lot Hawaii. He gets a lot of good. He just sits there. He doesn't he ask that good yeah, question. he doesn't he ask the hard hitting too much. He, he he doesn't want to nah. risk his little position. He just lets him. Nah. He sucks him off a bit, and yeah, he does. You know the nose. The nose knows. The nose knows. But um, I'd actually like Eddie Hearn to fight him. Eddie Hearn v Jake Paul. Because Eddie Hearn's a monstrous man. He's a big guy like us. Big. So, like, what he gives away in skill, he does. He gives back in size. So, I just reckon stop, like, sort of sexual tensioning each other with your weird stares and sort of funny little hoo, hey, ooh, ooh, mm. and just actually fight each other. Do it that way. Stop using other. Anyway. anyway. So, they're, so on, yeah. they're on either side of the, um, either the, side of the, the ledger. So, Hearn the on biggest Taylor. Fight. Yep. Biggest fight. Hearn on Taylor, Jake Paul on Serrano. And Jake Paul, to be fair to him, uh, he was the one that got this to the point it was. Eddie, Eddie Hearn wanted this to be in COVID, in a bubble, mm, in like mm-hmm. an empty stadium. No. And I think the girls were going to be struggling to crack six figures. And then Jake Paul goes, well, hang on. If you're going to do it, do it right. I know how yep. to do marketing. I know how to, you know, make a scene. I know how to get something sold. And he got – he reckons – and I agree with him. I reckon they probably got underpaid still getting over a million dollars. But – um and I think the rematch maker shark because it was a slobber knocker. We'll get into it, but I reckon they're going to get paid more, and I think that's only fair. Oh, big time! That man. was yep. a absolute uh, war, and I still couldn't tell you who won it though. It was it was very well. Hard. It was one of those fights. It was just a barn burner, wasn't it? It was just it was just punches being thrown. So it was tough to call. It was very tough to call, especially with the uh, what a lot of people considered biased commentary, Maddie, from the uh, the yep. commentary crew really getting behind Serrano a lot and. A few people well, I know, a few astute judges, a few astute judges I know thought that the commentary was not lining up with what happened in the ring exactly. But uh, look, it was close. It was very close. No one's, you know, either way it could have gone. I reckon no one would have begrudged it in my opinion. Well, when that big finish happened and Taylor was Taylor's knee was a, uh, a bee's giant away from hitting the ground. Um, she was cooked at the end. Yeah. Um, if that knee touched, she wins. That's That's the gap. So I feel like if that's the only difference, Serrano still should have won the fight. That that's per- that's everyone everyone's wholeheartedly said if that knee hits the ground, she wins. But I feel like if she was if it took that knee for her to win, she's probably already winning the fight, personally. It's hard. It's just a, it's a hard it's a hard sport to really call, isn't it? I but find I know it's tough a lot to of... judge the, the female boxing because they're so aggressive. So aggressive. And it's almost like they just can't quite land the KO blow. The power, That's I don't right. know if it allows the, just it's the flat line shot. Sport, so you know? it's just... ending, end of the day, they're just fucking swinging and landing. And it's kind of really hard to judge when they're both just throwing fucking haymakers all day. Correct. So, look, we'll, we'll, we'll back the judges in. But uh, I look forward to the rematch. And we had a big moment on the card, Mako Shark, a future friend of the pod, hopefully. Tell the listeners uh, what I'm talking about. Oh, yes, of course. I was going to say, um, I can't remember what you're talking about. Of course, the young Aussie, she just continues to fucking win and impress. Sky Nicholson, look the goods, first Aussie boxer, first female Aussie to ever fight at Madison Square Garden. And uh, look, she carried on where she left off in her last fight, mate. We're talking three and no clinics. We're talking about and, uh, not being able to drop women. She dropped. She, she dropped. She dropped the, the old... 
yeah, knocked her down. Looked terrific. So Eddie Hearn's got himself a winner there, I would have thought, matchroom yeah. boxing. I tell you what, he knows man. how to pick them. He's a clever man. She's got the whole package. So, mate, it's one way ticket with Sky Nicholson, I would have thought. Straight to the We're top. We're going to have Eddie. We'll have Eddie on this podcast. Matter of time. Yeah, he'll come knocking. He'll want to be on it. He'll probably try and yep. sign us. Um, very, very. Was close there anything to else on Sunday? I, I get so confused, Mako Shark. I'm pretty sure that was it for because we come off that massive Sunday. Remember the Super Sunday the week before? Just too Super much Sunday. stuff. There's just too much yeah. stuff. We just got to sort of maybe just woo it down a bit because it's so hard to analyze and bring the listeners reviews on everything. But there is something big happening this weekend, and it's another big double. Fucking another juicy double. It's a, juicy. a massive boxing event, and it's a massive UFC event. Would you like to go through the UFC? and maybe give the listeners the bounce back. We're going to call it the bounce back Mako Multi. Absolutely, Matty Crooks. We've got UFC 274 coming at you this week, live on pay-per-view. And I tell you what, Palmerbet, gamble responsibly. We're going to go through it. I need to recoup my losses from last week because that multi stunk. But we're back. We, we save our best work, Matty, the juiciest work for the pay-per-view. So We do. Look, there's quite a fucking few fights on this, isn't there? We're looking forward to this one. This is going to oh, be yeah. one of the good events, I would have thought. Yep. Where do you want to start, Matty? We'll, we won't go into it too deep. We'll start. I just want to give a shout-out. In the, in the early prelims, it's going to be leg yes. one of the multi. Tracy yes. Cortez versus Melissa Gatto. Ooh. I want to give a shout-out to Tracy Cortez, the uh, the better half of uh, Brian T. City Ortega. They're a, they're a cute couple. They're a, a very couple. attractive couple. How's she going to go uh, against Mick's daughter? Mick Gatto. Yeah, fuck. I hope he's not listening. Jesus Ooh, Christ. Well, he would be. He would be He'll after be coming for us. Are after. He'd be trying to track you. You see it fucking, if you see a dark Mercedes at the front of your house, oh, boy. I'll tell you what, wow. Mick Gatto, it's not me. It's all Zarafa. It's him, not me. All right? It's not you. You're just a big Fuck. cutie. Just a big cutie. Everyone likes me except for him. Anyway, <laughs> we, we, we shouldn't go into that every week. I'm sorry about that. But, uh, look, Cortez, I just want to shout her out. T-City's missus. We can not yeah. get around her, mate. So I'm putting her in the multi, all right? I am paying? putting her in leg one, $1.59. That's I'm gonna tell my favourite, to be honest. Nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous, though. I reckon, like I said, mixed daughter could cause an early upset. Mm. No, that's fair. That's fair. We'll push on. I'm going to put Brandon Royval. In my yep. second leg against Schnell. I reckon Roy Vale's a bit of a dynamo. I reckon he's got just plenty, plenty to give. And he's paying a dollar thirty-eight. He's a raging hot favourite. But Schnell's um, ankle never recovered, did it? No, no. I was there that day. Snapped the fuck Hell's out. With of you, it. you mean Big McNaughton? Jason <laughs> Snell went snap at the MCG, and I went, "Oh boy, wow!" I don't think he ever recovered, to be honest. No, nah, and now he's back fighting. So we're going to definitely go the other bloke. 100%. Let's push on to the main card, Matty, because the main yeah. card's where the, the business hey, is. Um, is Chaos on the undercard? You, oh, yes. You want to talk about Chaos Williams? Yeah, 100%. And we like him, don't we? We like Chaos with a K. We like the Chaos with a K. He's, uh, yeah. he's one of these fucking sort of savage units that's just mm. a bit aggressive. And I like Chaos Williams, but I'm not confident enough in the fight. Not confident in Chaos. To stick him in the multi. No, I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't yeah. know. Look, I might regret it, but I just don't want to put him in the Mako multi because I'm a bit I'm a bit gun shy after last week. Okay. So how many legs are we going for, by the way? I wanna I wanna just keep track of this. I'm I'm just keeping well, track. It's probably gonna be a seven legger, but I am the arachnid. They call me the arachnid because yeah. I'm we, did. we called you the arachnid. You gotta go. All eight. right. All right, we're talking arachnids, we're talking eight legs. You've fucking convinced me. Chaos, you're in the multi, son. So we got we got Cortez. Yep. Are you throwing Cortez. Any? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm just putting it in my notes so I can have a look at okay. how you track, how you go. Cortez, mm-hmm. then we got um, 
Roy Vale. Roy Vale. Chaos. Chaos. It's a three-leg uh, sort of base. I've got a tripod set up. It's a nice base if you, before you, you, you get the main that, card. If you get that up and running before the main card, geez, you, start, you start to slam those margaritas. You just get a little bit tingly, yeah. don't you? Start to lick the lips a little bit. So we move on, mate. We move on to yeah. what a what a card opener for the main event here. We're talking legend v legend. We're talking Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Joe Lozon. Mm, this is tough. This is just uh, this, this is, is this is experience versus experience, mate. I tell you what. I'm glad how many fights the are these hunting with Palmer Bet this week, mate? I I, can't, I couldn't. This is this is it's a horrific. It, they're getting harder to do the multis, but this is a this is like how do you even call this fight? How do you? This wow. is going to be an even even betting, surely. It's pretty even. I tell you the yeah the Palmer Bet odds. Cowboy raging hot favorite. It's probably just because he's you know the more well known man, the more loved man. He's a he's a favorite. He's an icon. Everyone loves Cowboy. So yeah. Look, that's probably why he's paying a dollar fifty-seven. I I think I'm going to go Donald. Yeah, I think I'm just going to go Donald. You look at uh, Lozon's record of of late. Look, he hasn't fought for what's this now? Two and a half years since October 2019. It's been a while out. Before that, he's lost three of his last four. So yeah. uh, look, his form's talk, not let's great. Let's talk about Donald's last few fights, though. Donald's form's not great. Look, I don't want to speak ill of a legend, but fuck, it's been uh, it's painful to watch almost some of his performances of late. Although he he put on a nice performance against Nico Price a while back. What's that? Mm. Twenty twenty, that fight was. So, but yeah, his uh, his record. He hasn't won in his last one, two, three, four, five, six fights. So that's a mm. bit sickening. Um, Probably, but he's fought um, the best of the best, if you might, if you don't yeah. mind. Tony Ferguson, Justin yeah. Gagey, Conor McGregor, yeah. Showtime Pettis, Nico Price. Like these are good blokes. These are really high level boys. Mister Zadir likes them. Yes, yes. Mister Zadir, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. So look, I'm going Cowboy just because he's a fucking legend and we like him a lot. Yep. And um, that's good enough. Well, for yeah, me. You'd, you'd be silly. You'd be silly not to put him in just because if he wins, because he should sort of win on his last. You know, he's going to give everything. If he, if he, if he, sorry, if he lost and you didn't have him or he win, you'd just be fucking filthy. So, look, got to have him in. You just got it. So it couldn't. It would be weird not to when you're on a UFC sort of podcast. I agree with that, mate. We'll push yeah. on. We've got OSP versus Shogun Hua. He's back. This, this is a tough one too. This is a tough one. This is actually. I just looked at the odds now, and it's uh, very. Very one-sided for uh, St. Prue here at $1.39. The $3 for the Shogun. Oh, the value. I think the value's looking bad, good, mate. He's a bad man, mate. He wears those mate. little shorts. He's a fucking very bad man. He's a Don't very bad man. European-style summer sort of short, that little tight sort of, you know, on the on the, the, the port of Serrano type or wherever that place is, the port of Postatino or, you know, those little... Positanos, sort of, yeah. Positanos, you know, those little oh, shorts yeah. those blokes yep. wear, the little sort of... Yeah, I wouldn't let those fool you, those little shorts, because mm-hmm. I reckon he's one of the he's one of the badder men, that man. And mate, he's a bad just man. a fighter. So, yeah, I, look, I reckon I reckon the value's there, Mako Shah. We look at OSP's record. We've got a lot of blokes with a bit stinky sort of form coming into this fight, this fight so... He's lost, uh, fuck, three of his last four. He's lost to Tanner Boza, which is not great, let's be honest. Tanner Boza, the real beer-drinking, truck-driving, fucking pool cue swinging Maybe redneck. he's the guy I was thinking of. I think so. And then um, <laughs> Jamal Hill knocked him the fuck right out, which was yeah, fantastic. Well, he does. He knocks He does out. that. He does yeah. that. And then uh, not long before that, he got uh, beaten by Ben Rothwell. We don't like Ben Rothwell much on this pod. <laughs> he so. looks like your old quarterback for the Steelers. A little bit of Ben about him, Ben yeah, Rothwell. It's actually Ben Rothwell, Ben Rothwell. Very similar bloke. 
Yeah, maybe they're the same guy. Who knows? Maybe the same bloke. But oh, uh, I reckon let's, you're going to go with a value. I reckon we might go a bit of value here. Let's get some Ooh, fucking uh, legend in it. Yeah, legend. It's, a, it's the legend card. Let's go with the legend. Let's stick him in at three bucks, and I reckon that'll push the odds up. Because look, Ooh, how nice. long is it since the old boys fought? Let's just let me have a look. It's nearly two years for him. He lost to Paul Craig, TKO. There's no shame in that, mate. No shame in that. Paul Before Craig that, he beat Nogueira. And the boys, Paul Craig, shared. Friend Paul of the potty, Craig, shared. Yeah. If he only gave a five-star review, he, I've got a palmer coming his way. We like Paul Craig on this show. And uh, look, he's beaten our man Tyson Pedro in, in 2018. He drew against Paul Craig, split decision draw. He's beaten Nogueira in 2020. So I reckon Shogun is going to come back and he's going to throw hands. So I'm putting him yep. in at three bucks. Put him so in. I like, like it. it. I like, like it. Like it. Love it. What we got next? Maddie, now we push into the real deal fight. This is what we want, mate. This is what everyone... I reckon this could be the most looked anticipated fight on the card, Maddie. Okay. What we got? We've got Iron Mike Chandler versus El Kakui, Tony Ferguson. Everyone loves this fight, mate. I'm excited. I'm pumped. What are you? Are you pumped? Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Um, I'm pumped. I just reckon Chandler's just continually fighting the best, and I just wish he'd fight a few bloody... Oh. You sponges, you bums? Just, yeah, yeah, just because well, I, I think feel he's, like he's, he's he, I mean, it's good what he's doing, but if he loses, what's that? He's one and four in the UFC, and then you're putting a lot in there, you know, and then he's, I don't know, man. It's just like, I hope he's Look, not I like on it. the old, I, I respect not, his, I, uh, I do like it. We've spoke about it with other guests, but I just reckon, like, you know what, you're, you're doing good, man, but no one else is sort of following your lead, so maybe just do, do, do you for a couple of fights, you know? Well, I think he wants titles. He's here for the, not here for a long time. He's here for a good time. He wants a world title. You don't get that by fighting the fucking lower ranks. He comes in like a for? freight train, and he comes in, he fights the best, which is what he's done so far. Um, I'm going, personally, I think Chandler's going to win this. Yeah. We love Tony Ferguson. Everyone loves Tony Ferguson. How do you not love him? One of the all-time greats. Probably one of the all-time best to not win a undisputed title, um, but geez, he's had a bit of—he's had a rough two years, hasn't he, Tony? Well, so it's is a Chandler. It's a different kind of rough though. Chandler's come out; he's knocked out Hooker, right? Yeah. Then he's a bee's diaphragm away from winning the world title against Oliveira. He ten eighted Oliveira in the first round, then he got caught in the second, which was fucking a bit of a heartbreaker. And then he's come out and fought fucking Gagey. He's fucking gone through hell with Justin Gagey. So taking a lot of punishment, Mako Shay. His form's good for mine, even though he's one and two in the UFC. I reckon his form's good though. Like, yeah, I think he's got Ferguson's number at this point. So I think one Ferguson and three will be one and three. I said one and four, but he'll be one yeah. and three. Correction. Ferguson's last three have uh, look. He was unbeatable there for many, many years. One of the great lightweights in history. Yes. yes. Got absolutely pieced up by Gagey, and I just don't yeah. think he's been the same since that five round fucking absolute punch fest that he endured. It was a punch fest. Then he got. Fucking completely outclassed for three rounds against uh, Oliveira. Yes. And then he's been outclassed again by Benil Deiru. So he's fought three of the uh, the greats in the division at the moment. So no shame in any of the losses. But I think Long in the tooth, would you say? A bit long in the tooth? He's 37 now. Same age as the boys. So I don't want to say to we're too down, old, He needs to get down to the altitude. He needs to get down the altitude. He needs to do a few things. But look... It's a shame. I don't want him to be washed, mate. If he if he loses nah. this, it's four on the trot, and you could probably put a fork in him. But yeah, yeah, I just can't see him getting over Chandler's. Uh, you got to punt smart, not pace. with your heart sometimes, mate. Yep. yep. With and your he's paying, punt, punt with your gills, not with your punt. tail. Yeah, he's paying long odds, Tony Ferguson. He's paying four bucks here on Palmer yeah. Bet. He's paying that for a reason, though. 
Very rare. Well, I watched the. Uh, did you watch the uh, the uh, what do you call it? The no, count- I haven't yet. UFC I like, I like countdown. To do it late. I like to do it late in the week. Build Tony Ferguson, one of the all-time weirdest human beings on this planet. He's doing weird Tony stuff. He's uh, he's training in the dead of night, so he doesn't want anyone around. He didn't like being in the gym during the day because people could see what he's doing, all this kind of shit. Oh, yeah. He's training in the middle of the night. He's, he's that confident. No, nah, it sounds like absolute bullshit to me. So, But he reckons he's going back to some roots. He's focusing on wrestling and all this kind of stuff. So, look, I think Chandler won't be upset with that. Chandler's a hell of a wrestler no. himself. Yeah. And if they stand and bang, I think Ferguson gets hit too much. And I think Chandler will, uh, will fucking probably chin him. Okay, like it. Chandler's in. Chandler's in, the mate. Bing. Chandler Bing is in. Chandler Bing up he against Turd Bing. Ferguson. All right, next one. We've got a world title fight. Friend of the pod, we've got Rose, Thug Rose, Maddie. How much yeah. do we love her? Love her. Absolutely love her. Adore her. It's almost that we love her that much that we don't even want to talk about her opponent, but we have to because we're a, mm. we're a podcast. But we do have so much love that it's like we, we know who we're going to pick. She could, she could be fighting anyone. We'd be picking her. Mm-hmm. We'd be picking her. We're putting Rose Namajunas in the multi. Tell the listeners a bit about her opponent, though. Is, it, and is there any – look, this, this yeah, would look. be a disappointing moment for the, for, the, for the fight fans. But is there anyone anyone out there punting on her opponent? And are you a little bit nervous or are you just thinking this will be just a layup? Tell me about I it. I wouldn't say bless layup, you, mate. This is Samantha a uh, – Bless you, Samantha. Oh, is that in the background? She's shush. Yeah, yeah no, she's uh, having a bit of a cough, a bit of a sneeze in the background. Bless you, God Samantha. Bless her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 17 days away from birth. We love her. So, look, Carla Esparza, this is a rematch, Maddie, as I'm sure you're aware. It's the uh, ultimate fighter many, many, many moons ago. These two matched Esparza. up. Yep. Esparza got the win that night. She got the win. She beat Rose. Rose was a young girl. She had hair. It was a different sort of world back then, mate. And she uh, she really performed well, Carla Esparza. So, look, you can't say she's no chance because she's beaten this person before. Yeah, but I reckon it's a different. It's a level up. A, yeah, there's a level up, mate. There's an absolute level up. Look, I'm sure Carla's leveled up a bit to herself, but Rose, she's on another stratosphere at this point to what she was back then. Uh, she's been the highest of highs. She's had the lowest of lows since. But I tell you what, she's right back out there, mate. She's up on yeah. top. And as she says to herself, "I'm the best." She is the best, Maddie, at this featherweight or fucking whatever it is, straw weight, something like that. The real small weight. level. She's there, the best there, at this weight. Really small weight. She's a great girl at this weight. So I reckon she's going to win, Maddie. I just can't see it any other way. It is a small weight. And it's she's the best. And we're putting her in. We're putting her in. She's in. in we've you stuck get. her in. We've stuck her right in. So that's fantastic. I'm I hope she gets Mako the job done. chugging along here. We're chugging. And here we go. Last leg, main event, title fight, lightweight championship on the line, Maddie. Yeah. We've got Charles Durbronx, yep. Oliveira versus Justin Gagey. Yeah, uh, this is an interesting fight. It's uh, Two I think of the people nerdiest have... looking blokes out of the octagon in the history of fighting, by the way. Well, there's a couple of those photos floating around of them looking like real Nimrods, isn't there? It's fucking they've got pretty funny. Specs on, and they're just very nerdy. Nerd. This is they're, they're everyone's nightmare when you're in a bar and you bump into them, mm. and you go like, "That's for your drink," and you're like, "What are you doing, mate?" Like what? And then they put you in some sort of horrific hole and kill you. But Gaethje's got crazy eyes. If you ever seen his eyes, they're the he's smallest little fucking things. Yeah, like they're little sort of dimples. They're, they're little sort of weird things. So he he would look at you cross-eyed and he'd creep you out real quick. Right? He's got the he's sick Gaethje. eyes. He's got the uh, I can't breathe through my nose yeah, fucking voice. voice and the absolute butched up fucking uh, cauliflower ear. He's got a real brutal yeah. cauliflower ear, this bloke. So, so no, He's not bringing the hunk to the pod, but he's, he's, bringing, not bringing, some, any he's hunk. bringing some talent and the other man's on an on a absolute tear. So how do you see the fight? 
Um, is, was it the fight you wanted to see? Do you think it's worthy of the main event? Do you think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all these things? And tell me how you think it's going to go. Look, it's definitely worthy. Let's make no mistake about it. Yeah, just it's probably the fight you wanted. Like, you know, the female to, to, to main event. They normally so go, I think the heavier weight normally goes above, yeah. so it's fair enough. But weight, uh, weight, yep. probably the fight we wanted. I didn't see any other way. I think Gagey's, even though he fucking shit the bed against Khabib, he came out, put on a war against Chandler, won that. Makes sense. No one else was really knocking the door down after Dustin. So, yes, definitely the fight we wanted. Yep. Um, for mine, look, I just can't I just can't keep sleeping on Oliveira, mate. I slept on Oliveira against Chandler. I tipped Chandler. I thought Chandler would get the job done. Almost did. And then I thought Dustin would get the job done as well. Uh, he almost did as well. But uh, look who survived both of those onslaughts. Come out on top. It's Charles Oliveira, mate. The bloke's found another level. And I just think he's going to be too good for Gagey myself. Yep. Well, that, that's uh, that's a fair take. I I think he's going to lose. Interesting. I like this mm. warring yeah. opinions. Nah, that's not. I don't even really like him. Actually, I just think that uh, you make good what points. What do you think? That two blokes nearly got the champ, nearly right, and you make good. You got ten aided by a man who beat that man. Sorry, who lost to the, his now opponent. So I just reckon if he gives up those opportunities to this guy, I reckon this guy holds holds. Uh, 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 an ability to to win, and I reckon uh, you've seen that he can walk through absolute onslaughts of of fights. He he got absolutely schooled by Khabib, but most men have. So unless you're uh, Jono's brother, Ala Quinta, uh, he's probably mm-hmm. the guy that's had the best performance against him. To be Bizarrely fair, bizarrely good. Yeah, looking yeah, back, um, matched up well. Just a good matchup. Al probably uh, Khabib will never want to fight him again, but. I just reckon, Mako, like you, you make good points to argue for why he wins, but I think those points can also be used in, in rebut on why he can lose because he gives opportunity. Look, I don't disagree. It's close almost, to this will be his last. I reckon this will be his last shot at it. Justin? Yeah, I reckon. Look, if he loses this, he has to go back to the pack a bit. But yeah, I, I don't disagree away. with you. I think it's close to 50. I think in my mind it's maybe pushing 55, 45 to Charles. But look, for no... What do the bet makers say? What are the boys at Palmerbet giving yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Palmerbet's paying $1.58 for uh, Oliveira. Yeah. 240 for Justin. I just think... 240 Yeah. I just think he's yeah. a little bit more... Uh, a little bit... Mm, I don't know. I say well-rounded. Everyone talks up Gagey's uh, much hyped-up wrestling ability, but fuck, we've never yeah. seen it. He's never utilised it. Everyone yeah. was trying to claim that he's the guy that has the wrestling. He was such a great wrestler. He's going to be able to nullify Khabib. And, mate, I haven't seen a hot knife go through butter quicker than what Khabib went through Justin Gagey, mate. He took him down and he was able to decide how he put him to sleep in front of his parents. He just did it that easily. So <laughs> I'm, not, look, I'm not fussed in his wrestling ability. I think uh, Oliveira is going to be able to get him down if he wants. He's going to be able to find his back. Front like, his parents is quite funny. I like that. Look, he did. He had his way with him like a fucking rag doll. So I just think Oliveira is just on another level when it comes to our submission game, stuff like that. I think if he gets his back like he did to uh, Dustin... I don't see yeah. Gagey getting out of it, mate. And, yes, he's he's a hell of a striker. He is. He's one of the best uh, strikers in the entire UFC. But, again, is his power just a little bit overrated? I don't know. Maybe it is. We saw him go we'll three rounds out. of hell with Chandler. Didn't stop Chandler. But Oliveira, someone that people don't talk about his power, he, mm. he knocked out Chandler in the second round with a fucking cheeky left out of nowhere. Uh, so, um, look, everyone's going to... Everyone's going to claim Justin's got the advantage on the feet, but, you know, not as much as I reckon. But, you know, okay. I'm only one man. What the fuck it's do I It's your know? multi. It's your multi. Put him in and tell me what that's paying. 
I just think he's got all the skills to pay the bills, Maddie. Here we go. We've got an arachnid multi, eight legs, paying $56.44, if you don't mind. That'll pay off a fucking car loan or something. It's the, uh, we call it the mortgage killer, the mortgage mortgage. mortgage banker. So, yeah, look, that's a uh, probably a long-winded UFC preview, but I like it, Matty. We've done no, you gotta give, you gotta give, uh, you got to give them what they want. And the, and the fans, the fans, that's what they want. The uh, quickly, there's a big boxing event. Um, there is, mate. Do we give this Bivol? Do we give Bivol any hope? The Twitter, the Twitter folk yeah. give Bivol. Oh, it's going to be his hardest. Do we think Bivol? Is it, oh, his hardest what? Hardest fight this week? Hey, throw Canelo in the multi. Does that juice it up to like a 65, 66? Often it's yeah, good to that. cross-promote. You can do you can an Iraq. Arachnid with nine legs. Nello. Hey, what's... Yeah, just, uh, the, the crowd say this Bivol's, you know, his biggest opponent and he's fighting at the biggest weight because he keeps doing all his weight. You know, he goes up and he's doing all his... He's Bivol. I don't know much yeah, about Bivol. Look, look, let's be honest. It's one of those sort of things. Isn't it? I just assume Canelo's going to win. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. fuck, he's paying $1.26. I'll chuck him in the uh, the Arachnid. That'll juice it. Multi. Juices, juiced it right up, cable guy style. Where did it Chip go? Douglas, $71. So if you're at home and you're feeling fucking lucky, yeah, feeling slip right. fucking Canelo in there. Slip him and, in. Uh, just uh, watch the bank balance. There's a lot right. happening with uh, the reason why, because, you know, you've got to cover it for the boxing fans. We're not going to go too in-depth because it just feels like another he's going to win. But, you know, he's still jawing, doing a lot of jawing with uh, Kamara, Usman, Usman. Yeah, Usman. So Look, is, he wondering, uh, is he worried about all these other fights and not worried about Bivol? Nah. I don't Mr. think he is, mate. I think he's sort of. Uh, worried, I think he, you worry about Mr. Bivalakwa. Mr. Bivalakwa. Yeah, can't stand you. But I yeah. think uh, he's a bit humid by this sort of uh, the Usman call outs. It's all a bit much, some of these UFC. But like, I, I love him. Good on you, Usman. You're a freak. One of the best in the yeah. UFC. But it's just, it's very transparent, this call out. You're just looking for a payday. No one thinks yeah. you're going to even get close to fucking even punching Canelo in the ring. So what's the point of it? Let's, well, he's just let's only just learn how to use down. his hands anyway. Your exactly, man, mate. He couldn't him, even though, fucking outstrike Colby Covington. So, like, couldn't punch his way through a balsa wood fucking wall before he met your man who coached him to greatness. So let's just all call it. If he said wrestling match, you go, okay, you win. But let's. What's well, the thing? Not, it's so stupid yeah. these these fights because look, if it's a real fight in a room, the USC blokes are going to murder them all dead. Completely, yeah, unless the but, look, unless they get but, hit on the way in, but yes, that, oh, they yeah, should right do. They should but like, you can murder him in a fight. He beats Canelo. Let's be honest, but. Yeah. Boxers are never going to do it because they're boxers. They're going to box, and they have they got all the power in the negotiations. I I just Correct. fucking bleh, move on. I reckon shit. on the weekend we're moving on because uh, there's a bigger boxing uh, icon fighting, and he's a friend Ooh, of the yeah. pot. He's a great friend Ooh, of the yeah. pot. Jackie Bowen, Ooh, yeah. soon to be Jackie Bowen six and O six Ooh. and O. He's fighting Saturday Mako Shark. Everyone get around him, follow him on social, show him the love because he's about to be six and O and. Continuing his rise to greatness, Mako Shark. Six and O for the bow constrictor, mate. I'm him. excited. We've got a big Saturday night coming up locally. If you're in Australia, I'll tell what you what, you jump got? on. What have you got yeah. for us? Mate, we've got heaps going on Saturday night. We've got, obviously, as you said, Jack Bowen. He's fighting. He's going to be six and O at the, uh, I think it's a, a night to remember it's called up in Queensland. Yes. That's the promotion. Uh, co-sponsored with our good mates, Pro Bellum and Team Ellis, putting on yep. very good promotions around the country. So, there's a lot of good fights on that one, that card. I reckon you might be able to jump on there, watch our man Jack Bowen get the job done on Saturday night, May 7th, and then jump on over to UFC Fight Pass, everyone. We've already had him on the show, Josh Kern, as you would be aware. 
UFC Fight Pass, Maddie. You, I'm sure everyone out there has it. It's one of the great services. It's cheap. You have everything, and you get the local promotions, not just the UFC. So Eternal from the Gold Coast. That'll be streaming live on UFC Fight Pass this Saturday. And our man, the kamikaze, he's going to get the job done. And I reckon if you're just at home, if your missus is due to give birth in 17-odd days and you're just at home sitting around, I reckon get on there and watch it. Absolutely. And watch what we're talking about. The uh, Watch just the absolute just confidence in a man. And same with the – we saw Bowen live as well. Isn't as um, – I guess, reckless because it's a different sport. But you've never seen confidence of two men in what they can do. Bowen in boxing, Kuhn in his MMA, he's unbelievable. And if you go and just check out, it'll take you four and a half minutes to watch his entire career. And you'll be, I guarantee you'll be, uh, you'll be watching that fight Saturday and you'll be getting around him. Oh, mate, you'll be impressed. There's just no doubt about it. So, yeah. A big Lots night of, of fights. Uh, Local a big fights, night for the mate. friend of the pod. Where we'll, yep. we'll get some, we'll get a couple of W's, and uh, we'll be really fucking dominating. I reckon. And if you're out there as well, jump on fucking our man Kamikaze's uh, Instagram. Get on the website. He's dishing out some fucking dope t-shirts, some fan shirts, some yeah. supporter shirts. Did you These reach out are... to him for us? Did you? I have, mate. We're gonna. They're available online now. They were just pick up, okay. but we're gonna. Uh, we're gonna grab one, me and you. We'll we're gonna put a couple really on the, We'll break a couple on the podcast account. I reckon. I think we will, mate. We'll get the take that um, offline. We'll get the brass to pay for it. We're not coming out of my pocket. We'll, uh, <laughs> these shirts are fucking gutsy, though. If you're at home, they you are. haven't seen them, mate. He's got some of the finest tattoo art you'll see. Some big sick looking fucking thing, gorillary looking bastard on the back. I like it. I reckon we're gonna look I good. I like it too. Jump we on. We like it. I like you, Mako Shark. Do you have anything else? I, I haven't got much else. I just think it's another action pack. I forgot about the Saturday night. No, I thought it was all on Sunday. You can double up your weekend. You can go Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Four events. Mako's giving you a nine leg and a rack plus one. Yeah. Uh, $71. Chuck a $10 through Palmer bet. You might even get a bonus bet with them. And you do it responsibly. You listen to Mako Sharks and his gills. You listen to them responsibly and you you do a mortgage mall. Hmm. Well said, Matty. So you're done. We're wrapping it up, are we? I reckon we're done. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been happy with that, and I've been happy with you, and I reckon the, everyone that's still listening has probably said, wrap it up, lads. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, mate. We're done. We're done here. Episode 28 in the can, as per usual. Palmerbet, thank you very much. Gamble responsibly, and everyone at home, what are you rooting? Who the fuck is that guy?